I'm quoting tonight from the book of Hebrews, this statement in chapter 10 from the English Standard Version. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Now listen to the same statement from the King James Version. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. While this passage has a context encouraging Jewish Christians to persevere in the activity of their faith under pressure, it works well as a standalone when you factor in everything else the Bible says about the subject of patience. We have need of patience that after doing the will of God, we might receive the promise. I tell you, I am privileged to know so many godly people who have and who continue to impress me and influence me as they exhibit the qualities God is pleased for his children to exhibit. Most of the people I know are not inclined toward murder, adultery, idolatry, deceit, lasciviousness, fraud, or false teaching. But most of us struggle with patience on some level at some time. If not constantly at various specific times and under the pressure of certain circumstances, we struggle to endure and to be patient. This came up not long ago in our study of the book of James and it's going to emerge again in our adult Bible class as we go through Hebrews. So I thought I would devote some pulpit time to this subject that I think to some degree impacts most of us, if not every one of us. And I'll start by saying that it can be said of people today in general in society that we are an impatient people. Generally speaking, we do not like to wait. Generally speaking, we are all rushed. And sometimes it seems like we think we're just out of time. And we demand immediacy in so many areas of life. I wrote an article for a magazine published by Christians. Just the other day I submitted that article and I said at the end of the piece, I said one more thing, slow down. We occupy an atmosphere loaded with rush and hurry and demand. The devil can shape all of that busyness into a weapon against us. And I've thought about this lately as it is illustrated all around us. I've noticed that when I pull up to an intersection and stop for a red light, when the light turns green, if I don't drive on within 1.5 seconds, I hear a horn behind me, maybe two or three. Has that ever happened to you? There are many examples of this high value that society places on speed. 
suggesting that there is a heavy tendency toward impatience more than patience. We're all rushed. We're out of time. We are impatient. And not only can we give examples of this, most of us can make confessions about it. I have to admit that in using my computer in my work, in my study, when I touch a button on the keyboard, I want that function to happen right then. When I get onto the internet and I need to go to some website to look something up, I don't want to wait a full minute for a site to come up. A full minute? When I get my email, I cannot tolerate waiting for it to come in. When I call some business on the phone, I don't tolerate music. So I'm part of this. It cannot be denied there is an impatience about us. We have to have what we want right now. And this impatience can cause us some great trouble when it impacts our relationship with God and with people. It may be time for us to consider admonitions in the Word of God like this statement in the King James. I like the way it's worded here. Ye have need of patience. And so tonight, I want to highlight three areas where we need to recall what the Bible says about that patience that is a product of faith. Now, this is not a comprehensive study of everything the Bible says about patience. If I did that, you might not have the patience to be here for two hours. So, just three areas where patience is needed. And then after looking at these three areas, I'll conclude briefly with some passages that address how patience is developed in us and how it's maintained. So, first of all, these three areas where we need to apply what the Bible says about patience. Patience with yourself. Here's what I want to do to develop this point. I'm going to combine two passages. And you've heard both of these passages before, but it may be you've not heard them linked together. So I'm going to do that. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, love your neighbor as yourself. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 4 that love is patient. Therefore, if God says I am to love myself, and if God says love is patient, there is before me in these two passages this very simple conclusion. I need to be patient with myself. You need to be patient with yourself. Now, having established that, we must quickly add what patience is about. We are here speaking of patience, not tolerance of sin. So, I cannot transgress God's law and ignore that and say, well, I'm just going to be patient with myself. No. Sin 
is intolerable. We need to have an attitude about sin that we can't stand it. That we don't like it. That what offends God offends me. Whether it appears in someone else or in my own life. Patience must never be defined as tolerance of sin. So here's what patience is when we talk about patience with yourself. It is recognition of the reality of growth. Recognition of the reality of growth. You are not the same as you were years ago. If you have grown as a Christian. Now project that out. You're not going to be the same in five years. If you continue to grow as a Christian. So patience with yourself is recognition of the reality of what the New Testament says about spiritual growth. Patience is forgiving yourself when God forgives you. So when I sin, when you sin, and we are convicted by the word of God about our transgression, and we go to God through Christ about it, and we embrace what the Bible says about God's promise of forgiveness, when God forgives me, I need to forgive me. That's patience with myself. And then patience is acknowledging imperfection while striving for perfection. Now, put those two parts of that sentence together. Patience with yourself is acknowledging imperfection while striving for perfection. Sometimes... I think it is easy to look at yourself and just be so discouraged that you get close to giving up. Self-examination that we talk about in classes and in the pulpit all the time, self-examination is not designed to lead us to depression or apostasy. Self-examination is designed to lead us in the other direction. We cannot become so introverted and self-critical that we live in despair. Patience with myself is never permission to sin, but it's always permission to correct my course and grow without giving up. I want to say that again. Patience with myself is never permission to sin. It is permission to correct my course and do better without giving up. We have an old expression in Arkansas, and maybe it came to Texas at one time, cutting yourself some slack. Without tolerating sin or any movement towards sin, but with joyous effort to embrace what the Bible says, about growth and do better. Make that a resolution for next year. James 5.11 says, You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. When I get down on myself, I need to embrace the truth that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And then move out of that despair and do better and grow and correct my course. I need to read all of that in the Bible 
and believe that the Lord is compassionate and merciful to me. Patience with others. Ah, this may be where the challenge is. This may be where we are challenged. I don't suppose any of us would dispute what I'm about to say. There are certain people that try your patience. Another old expression, get on your nerves. It's a very common thing. For a moment, I want you to consider not people who sin against you. Put that in another category for another time. Not people who openly practice immorality. Put that in that category for another time. Just people who are different and who exhibit habits and mannerisms that just drive you crazy. I know all of you know people like that. Maybe my habits and mannerisms drive you crazy. Perhaps there is a disagreement over some matter of judgment. An opinion diversity that doesn't fall within the matter of faith. What does God expect me to do with such people? I mean in my attitude and my treatment of them. We have very specific direction. I'm going to be turning to Romans 14 and then I'm going to follow up in Romans chapter 15. Remember now that for this present discussion, this part of our study, we're not talking about blatant sin, transgression, direct offense. We'll deal with that another time. To state it very bluntly, what we're talking about now is, I just don't like this guy. Or, she irritates me. Or, I don't want to be around them. But a brother and sister in Christ, not guilty of sin, just irritating in their personality or their manner. Now, see if you believe this passage applies. I'm in Romans 14. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And now add to that Romans 15, 1 and 2. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. I'm going to let you decide if what we've just been talking about concerning patience toward people falls into this category. And you can frame it out of Romans 14 with this kind of question. Where there is no sin. Maybe there's a lack of growth. 
But where there is no sin in matters that are morally neutral, even when the brother or sister is very different from us and we don't like some of the things they do, what does God expect? That's the question I have to answer and you have to answer. And perhaps these passages help us answer it. Now, another approach to this. You remember that with patience toward ourselves, we grant ourselves room to grow, to learn and do better. You remember that? We grant ourselves room to grow and learn and do better. Well, here's the inquiry. Are we not going to grant that same room to others? And Ephesians 4 and verse 2 plays into this well. We are to treat one another with all humility and gentleness with patience. Bearing with one another in love. And the final verse of chapter 4. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. As God in Christ forgave you. When people are guilty of sin. Even when we apply all that God expects us to do. To rescue the sinner. Still do not regard him as an enemy. But warn him as a brother. 2 Thessalonians 3.15 If we are to be patient and long suffering in that case then in cases morally neutral where somebody just exhibits habits that irritate us, we need to exercise patience. We have need of patience. It's a product of faith, and I'll talk more about that when I get to my wrap-up time. Patience with yourself. Patience with others. Third, patience with God. Yes, this is part of our development of trust in Him. In the book of Psalms, there is this thread of emphasis all the way through the Psalms of trust in God. It's a major theme in the book of Psalms. And one element of our trust in God that emerges from the Psalms is waiting for Him, respecting His wisdom. Could be expressed this way, accepting His timing. So in Psalm 25 and verse 5, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Oh, on you I wait all the day. And add to that Psalm 62 and verse 5, My soul wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Isaiah picks this up in Isaiah 30 and verse 18. Therefore the Lord will wait that He may be gracious to you. Sometimes grace comes after a long period of time from our perspective of time. And therefore he will be exalted and that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait on him. Now, there are times and circumstances when these passages have very specific application for us. 
times and circumstances and pressures that we are familiar with. And we could each provide narratives when it is so hard and so stressful. And we pray for relief. And we'd like to have it a couple of minutes after we say amen. Right? But we say the Lord's will... And we sing the song in his time, but it's hard. And that's when we need to read and pray as written in the Psalms about our trust in God. We need patience. It is necessary. It is required in dealing with things that happen to us, with people. We need patience in teaching and preaching and reaching people. And we always need patience in waiting for God. Patience with yourself, with others, and with God. Now, I promise that near the end of the sermon, and by the way, let me say you've been very patient. Near the end, I would talk about how patience is produced in us. And this will not come as any surprise to you, these texts that I'll read. I'm going to start with Colossians 1, 10 and 11. And I'm going to tell you that patience will not happen. Patience will not develop in our attitude, in our outlook, in our life, unless we decide to do what is necessary to become a patient person. Patience will not fall out of the sky and invade your heart. Intrusively, patience isn't inherited. It's not an automatic result of baptism. Rather, it is developed and maintained in the course of active, growing discipleship. And so in Colossians 1, 10 and 11, Paul prayed about the Colossians. He said that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. For what? For all patience and long-suffering with joy. So I become engaged in my response to God through Christ, walking worthy of God, fully pleasing Him, engaged in every good work God has assigned to me, increasing in the knowledge of God, there's the growth factor, so that not only I get to go to heaven, but patience and long-suffering with joy while I'm here. Patience is a product of active discipleship. Luke 8, 15, Jesus said, The person with the good and honest heart receives the seed, the word of God, and the result is they bear fruit with patience. Patience requires a good and honest heart in which the word of God finds its place. And then as the word of God is responded to, there's the bearing of fruit with patience. Romans 15.4 says that whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Are we getting this? What are we taught in these passages about developing patience? 
I walk worthy of the Lord. Let his word be planted in my heart. And it's through the patience and comfort of scriptures that I find hope. James 1.3 tells us the testing of our faith produces patience. Romans 10.13 says faith comes by hearing the word of God. So I hear the word of God. Faith is produced. I live steadfastly and grow in that faith. And one of the products of that is patience. Revelation 14.12 Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Cannot be patience without that. There cannot be the patience of the saints without people acting as saints act. Keeping the commandments of God based on our faith in Jesus Christ. Patience comes through obedient faith. And as this obedient faith is pursued, you develop love. And in 1 Corinthians 3, I'm, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Be patient with me when I make mistakes now. It says love is patient. Patience is a product of being an active, willing, consistent, growing disciple of Jesus Christ. Patience with yourself with others, and with God. Christ died to put this virtue within our reach. Can we do better? I can. We occupy an atmosphere loaded with rush and hurry and demand. We need to know the devil can shape all that busyness into a weapon. Let's be standing as we sing.